Good morning, everybody. I think we might be connected. I think we are. Fritzberger and bloodandfaith.com. Let me get the recording going for the video. And that's a start. That's good. And let's get this one rolling. Fritzberger and bloodandfaith.com. 1st of October, 2023. We're live here on Podbean. Podbean.com. And uh, we're live and we're going to record. I want to talk about I don't even want to say what I want to talk about because there's the conception that this is some uh, vague and arcane theological concept that evangelicals get all wound up in, and to, to a great extent that is true. To a great extent that is true. Everybody, There's so many books on the Antichrist. Antichrist is coming and you're going to get the mark of the beast, 666, on your forehead, on your hand. And my perspective, as you can imagine, is a little bit different than that. And I want to, my lead scripture this morning is Thessalonians. It's 2 Thessalonians. And I want to frame this in a different way. And somebody asked me online, in fact, by the way, I just figured out how to do comments on uh, on Podbean. Uh, you can't do comments from your laptop. You have to go into an app on uh, an iOS device or something like that. So it took me only a couple of years to figure that out. But hopefully I'll start paying attention to that. Somebody asked me the other day to trace the history of the seed of the serpent from Genesis 3.15 all the way down to the present. And, uh, you know, that, that's a, that is a theological treatise. Uh, and I've, I've thrown out bits and pieces here and there, and I will continue to do that. Uh, but that, there's, a, there's a lot that goes into that. It's, of course, referring to Genesis 3.14 and 15. The Lord God Almighty... Jesus Christ is speaking to the serpent. So I'm going to put a hatred between your seed and her seed, between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And you're going to bruise him. Who's him? It's the seed of the woman on the head, and he's going to bruise you on the heel. And I, my contention is that seed of the serpent goes all the way down, all the way down, all the way through um, ancient history to the time of Moses, through the time of the prophets, and certainly, absolutely, positively in the time of the gospel, and after the gospel, in the Acts, in the book of Revelation. And I've mentioned this many different times, about how this seed of the woman is, is always in conflict with the seed of the serpent. The seed of the woman is Jesus Christ. By extension, all of this, all of us in Jesus Christ. Those of us in Jesus Christ become the seed of the woman in, in the in the fact that we are born again of Jesus Christ, of the seed of the Word of God. And so the dragon and his children have hatred towards the woman and her children. And that's not something that you can overcome with an interfaith uh, 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 coalition. That's not something you overcome with the International Christian Union of, of Christians and Jews, or whatever you want to call it, Friends of Israel. It doesn't work that way. And if a Christian finds himself being praised by those who call themselves Jews, I just say, be careful, man. I, I don't understand. I guess I understand because people are deceived and they don't know their Bible, they don't know their Scriptures. But when the, when the Genesis says, hey, there's, there's hatred between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent, beware. Beware. All right, so on to the 
I'll call him the lawless one. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Let no one deceive you in any way. For the end will not come, for it will not come. The return of Jesus Christ will not come until the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed. The son of destruction who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his place in the temple of God displaying himself as being God. Now that's a mouthful, man. That's a lot there. In the tradition in the evangelical church of the 20th century, at least, it wasn't around before the 20th century, is that someday this, this dude's going to show up and he's going to be the Antichrist and everybody's going to follow the Antichrist, including many people in the church. And uh, my perspective is a little different. I, I would argue, and I, I'm going to throw this out there, you don't have to take this, but take to try this on for size. I'd argue that the great apostasy has, uh, has already come. The great falling away is already ever to come. Europe was once Christendom. Nobody, there was no exception to that. You can look at the flags of the countries in Europe. The cross of Jesus Christ is on the, everywhere from the flag of Greece down south to the flag of Finland up north, from the Russian Navy flags to the British flags to the English flags to the flag of the old Confederacy. It was Christendom. This was a Christian race, a Christian civilization, a Christian people. But the apostasy, the great falling away, happened in Europe, past tense, 300 years ago, three centuries ago, mas o menos. You had the great falling away. Let it be clear. Let it be very clear. It is the European peoples that brought the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. Paul brought the gospel to Europe, and Europe brought the gospel to the world. Jesus Christ was very clear. He said, I'm going to strip the, away the care of the vineyard from y'all. Who's y'all? It's, it's the people that call themselves Jews. He said, I'm going to give it to a different ethnic group, he said. Jesus Christ was very clear about that. Oh, i got to find that scripture now. Let's get this, the speedy thumbs out. Thumbs 2.0. Matthew 21 or Matthew 23. Matthew 21. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom will be taken away from you and given to a different people, an ethnos producing the fruit thereof. He stripped the kingdom away from those who called themselves Jews, and he gave it to a different ethnos. Hello, Matthew chapter 21, verse 43. It's the parable of the landowner. Okay. Listen to the parable. The owner had a planted a vineyard, and he put a wall all around it, and he dug it, and he built a tower, and he rented out the vineyard to growers, and he went on a journey. When the harvest time approached, he sent his slaves. But the vineyard growers took the slaves, and they beat one, they killed another, and stoned the third. Again, he sent another group to the slaves, larger than the first, and they did the same thing to them. Afterwards, he sent his son, saying, they're going to respect my son. But when the vineyard growers saw his son, they said to themselves, let's this is the heir come, let's kill him, and we'll seize the inheritance. It'll all be ours. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will we do to the vineyard, vineyard growers, the vineyard growers? And they say to him, he will bring those wretches to a wretched end, 
It will rent out the vineyards to other vendors who pay them the proceeds in the proper seasons. Jesus said, Did, didn't you ever hear the scriptures? He's trying to get a point. He's trying to teach, teach him a parable, but he's trying to really make a point here. It's got nothing to do with grape growing. It has everything to do with the kingdom of God, the care of the vineyard, and the care of the message of God, and the people who care for the message of God. And those who are going to be faithful in the vineyards, those are traitors. Who murdered the prophets and murdered the Son of God. And Jesus goes on. He said, didn't you ever hear the Scripture? The stone which the builders rejected, this became the chief cornerstone. Makes me want to weep. It really does. This came about from the Lord, and it's marvelous in our eyes. Okay, the stone is Jesus Christ, which those that call themselves Jews utterly rejected. Utterly rejected. They murdered the prophets. They murdered Jesus Christ. They cast him out of it, cast him out of Jerusalem. They murder him. This is the stone which the builders rejected. The chief priests, the Pharisees. The leaders, the elders, and the people rejected Jesus Christ. Those who called themselves Jews, they rejected Jesus Christ. Here's Jesus. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing the fruit thereof. All right? In the Greek, that's to an ethnos. We're going to strip it away from you. We're going to give it to somebody else. Went to the Europeans. All right, Europe becomes Christendom. There's no other continent on the planet like, like Europe. Nothing like that. Not Asia, not Africa. These peoples, these sons of Japheth, I can get into that too, get into, the, get into the, how the sons of Japheth are going to dwell under the tent of salvation that came through Shem. Hello? The sons of Japheth will dwell in the tents of Shem. What's that talking about? They're not talking about your canvas, you know, 10-ounce canvas duct, duct tents. The tent is that that covering the salvation that is that is brought through Shem, through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and on down the line. He said, The sons of Japheth will dwell in the tents of Shem. The sons of Japheth, the European peoples, came under the covering, that tent, the salvation, the salvation of Jesus Christ. The Europeans did. Unlike any other race upon the face of the earth. Oh, there's a scattering here. There's a scattering there. You had the Ethiopian Coptic Church. You had the Egyptian Coptic Church. Syrian Coptic Church. You had scatterings here and there. No, I'm not, I don't doubt that. Europe fundamentally changed. This race of men, of many nationalities, sons of Japheth, converted to Jesus Christ. It was called Christendom. They didn't even call themselves Europeans. It was Christendom. We're the kingdoms, we're the, we are the kingdom of Christ. We serve Jesus Christ as a race. From the Spaniards to the Greeks to the Portuguese to the Englishmen to the Norwegians and Swedes and Finns and Danes, Faroese, Faroe Islands, they worshipped and served Jesus Christ, with the exception of an evil group of people who converted to the town, who came out of southern Russia in, in a region close to Ukraine right now. They were called the Khazars. The Christian missionaries went to them. The Muslim missionaries went to them. And the rabbis went to them. And they rejected Jesus Christ, and they chose the Talmud. This is about seven, 800 years after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, 700 years after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, 
interesting that it happens about the same time that you have the Muslim invasion of Spain, the African Muslim invasion of Spain around 700 AD. About the same time you had the Khazars, the people, the European peoples that are living in south, what is now southern Russia, area close around uh, uh, the Ukraine. These Khazars converted to Talmudism. They converted to Talmudism, and I've covered this many times, talked about this in, in Holy Scriptures, about people's con people convert to the Talmud. All the way back in Esther chapter 8, verse 17, many peoples converted to the Jews because they feared them. Happens today. Ivanka Trump converts to the Jews because, oh, they're rich and they have power. I'm going to be a Jew. I'm going to be a Jew. She marries Jared Kushner, another Jew, whose ancestors converted to the Talmud. He's an Ashkenazic Jew whose ancestors converted to the Talmud. They kind of spiritual trannyism. If I raise my hand and say I'm a woman, does that make me a woman? I hope not. My, my, my genetics have never changed. I don't, get, I don't change my XY to an XX just because I raised my hand and said, okay, I'm going to convert. The Bible talks about pe people converting to, uh, to Ju Judaism. It doesn't call it Judaism, but they convert, they become Jews. From Esther and Jesus Christ talked about it too. He's looking at the Pharisees who are the spiritual forefathers of today's rabbis. He said, you travel land and sea. To make one convert, and you make them twice the sons of hell that you already are, that you already are, that you already are. Y'all are sons of hell, and your converts are twice the sons of hell. Okay, who does that apply to? It applies to A, anybody who calls themselves a Jew, B, anybody whose ancestors converted to the Talmud, to Judaism. Moses was not a Jew, people. Moses was not a Jew. He did not follow the Talmud, and he was not a Jew. The father of Jesus Christ was not a Jew. We get it all mixed up. We get it really, it's not hard to get it's not hard to see what the truth is. You gotta work to, to mess it up. The Father of Jesus Christ is God Almighty. He's the only begotten Son of God. He's the only begotten Son of God. He bypassed his father bypasses Adam, bypasses Noah, bypasses Abraham, bypasses Isaac, bypasses Jacob, bypasses David. The Father of Jesus Christ is God Almighty. In what sense can can you say, "Oh, he was a Jew too"? We've talked about this. I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole on this. Jesus Christ is literally the Son of God. He's the Son of the Almighty God. He's the second Adam. Why do you call him a Jew? Is it to placate the Jews? I think it is. It's to placate the Jews so they can wrap their tentacles around your brain and squeeze the life out of it and deceive you. Back to Europe. Europe converts to Jesus Christ. They fight many wars in defense of their race and their nations and their God and their monarch, Jesus Christ. The Spaniards fought 700 years to drive the Antichrist, a Muslim out of Europe, protected all of Europe. You had the Hungarians fighting the Mongolians and these other evil Antichrist forces coming in to drive out this, to destroy the white and Christian race. And they rose up in faith and in power and they resisted that. I'd remind you that all of Turkey was once, a, was once Christian lands. All of the churches... In the book of Revelation, the seven churches that are written to, or that, that, that John writes to, 
There are European Christian churches in Western Anatolia. Later on, the Antichrist forces in the form of the Muslims, they drive them out and they convert Anatolia to an Antichrist religion called Islam, submission to, submission to Satan. But the real enemy of the European man, of the white man, of the Christian race, oh, you can't say that. You're a white supremacist. Y'all got to get rid of these terms. Stop treating them seriously. Mock them when they say that. Put it in their faces and mock them. This white and Christian race, from Greece to Finland, from Russia west, brought the gospel of Jesus Christ to the New World, brought the gospel of Jesus Christ to South America, to North America, to China and to Africa. The white and Christian race brought the gospel of Jesus Christ to the rest of the world. English and American missionaries brought the gospel of Jesus Christ to China and to Africa. And by and large, that, that has remained so, and it's been that way for centuries. Now, there's been things going on in my lifetime where there's been a reversal of that. It's beyond the scope of what I want to talk about this morning. But in the heart of Christendom, and I'll give you some dates. I'll give you the French Revolution. And before the French Revolution, in the heart of Christendom, in the heart of Europe, there, there, there was the rise of a movement of atheism. The rise of a movement they call flattering themselves, the Enlightenment. They flatter themselves and boast in themselves. And they call it the Enlightenment. And they invert the truth for a lie. And they say that faith in Jesus Christ is slavery. And that man is the measure of all things. That rationality ought to trump superstition. And he had all these English Enlightenment thinkers, French Enlightenment thinkers. And they said, this, this is the way. And so in the heart of Christendom, you had the apostasy that began roughly 300 years ago. This is the historical position that I want you to be aware of. We're, we're so focused on, on ourselves and our generation and our lifetime, and, and we're certain that it's coming real soon now. And I'm backing it up. I'm, I'm pulling back the picture frame. I'm zooming way out, and I'm saying, hey, guys, listen, Europe was Christendom. Europe was Christian, without question, without doubt whatsoever. That was the heart and soul of the church, the body of Jesus Christ, was Europe. But without any question, you can't... There, it, the evidence is overwhelming. Biblical and historical evidence. The gospel goes to Europe. All the scriptures written since the resurrection are in a European tongue. Jesus Christ begins speaking Greek, a European tongue. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. He didn't say the Alpha and the Top. Paul goes to Europe. Almost all of the apostles end up in Europe one time or the other. Jesus Christ told the Jews, I'm going to strip this away from you. I'm going to give it to a different ethnos. And there's many more proofs on this. Many, many more biblical proofs on this. 
Noah. He says, listen, he says, someday, he says, I'm telling you, the sons of Japheth are going to dwell in the tents of Shem. Okay, that's the salvation that came through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob through, through Shem. And the sons of Japheth are going to dwell in the tents of Shem. The they're going to dwell underneath the salvation that came through Shem. These sons of Europe. Jesus Christ told these people who called themselves, he says, I'm going to care of the vineyards. You're, you're done. You're done. Your temple's done, your priests are done, your traditions are done, the Sadducees are done, the chief priests, they're all done. Done. They're no more. I'm going to strip it away from you. I'm going to give it to a different ethnos. And we became his people. And we brought the gospel of Jesus Christ literally around the world. Literally around the world. No part of the planet has not been touched by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the great falling away comes out of the heart of Christendom with the French and English enlightenment of atheism. The great apostasy is not going to happen. It has already happened. Now with that in context, let's go back to these scriptures. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 3. Don't let anybody deceive you in any way. For it won't come until the apostasy comes first. As far as I'm concerned, that's already happened. And the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship. So they take his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. Now, the evangelical tradition for the last, I don't know, 100 years, I don't know, 50 years, I'm not an expert in this, but they're looking for the dude. They're looking for a handsome devil, nice suit, couple horns, Oh, there he is, there he is. And they're trying to respell Kissinger's name and Obama's name and George Bush's name. Who knows whose name they're trying? And they're trying to figure this out. And, I, and, and again, you don't have to buy into this. I, I'm just trying to give you a broader perspective. Maybe the little dude's going to show up someday. But I'll flat out tell you, the same spirit is here already. Who does this sound like to you? sounds like atheistic secular, Western man who exalts himself and puts himself in the temple of God. We are the measure of all things. This is the Enlightenment. This is the Enlightenment. French Revolution, they go into the, uh, the, the cathedral of Notre Dame and they desecrate the altar and they say, this is now the temple of reason. And now we're in year, year one of the year of man. Far as I'm concerned, this is this is the Antichrist. This is the man of lawlessness that we're looking forward to coming, and it's already been here, been ruling for 300 years, effectively, as his synagogue has taken over and driven out the faith in Jesus Christ that was once at the heart of Europe, as the devil's own children have driven out faith in Jesus Christ that was once the heart of Europe. This idea, oh man, the United Nations, democracy, secular man, and they, and they blaspheme God, they blaspheme Jesus Christ. Oh, that's your religion. Oh, that's so cute. Golf clap, golf clap. Oh, you have a religion? That's cute. Have you fed any poor people today? Oh, give them a little golf clap. Have you prayed for the sick? Are you baptized? Oh, golf clap, golf clap. 
Mind you, little Christian, you play in your little sandbox. We've given you your own little sandbox. See, we're a tolerant and diverse antichrist. We're a tolerant and diverse beast. We're a tolerant and diverse man of lawlessness. Here's your little sandbox, Christianettes. Go play. Go play and, and have your little prayer meetings and your 12-step programs. And preach about, you know, the coming, the Antichrist is going to come someday. <laughs> and go love those people who call themselves Jews, who literally fit the description of the Antichrist. Because if you don't, we will punish you and destroy you and call you a Nazi and Hitler and an anti-Semite, and we will drive you off the face of the earth. So the church says, oh, we get to play church? We're going to get along with you? So the perspective I'm offering is that it's not coming, buddy. It's been here. The great falling away has been here for 300 years. And it's gradually worked its way through Christendom, so it's, it's unrecognizable. And, and now the finishing touches are come with the invasions. You go to Revelation and, 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 and the serpent is spewing out a stream of water to go after the children. Who's that water? It's the nations. They couldn't invade with, with the Muslims in the 700s, the Ottomans, the Mongolians. So you subvert Christendom from within while Frenchmen and Englishmen with the aid and assistance of the synagogue of Satan, the children of the devil, the Marxist, these Marxist movements. I don't want to get into that. It's, it's, I don't want to get into that. And next thing you know, they're traitors to their race. They're traitors to the God who open up the doors of Europe and North America and Canada and Australia and New Zealand and flood in Antichrist peoples. Flood them in as Antichrist peoples. Drive out the white and Christian race. Drive out the European races. This is genocide. This is genocide. It's genocide. I don't care. It's genocide. It's genetic and biological genocide against the European peoples, the sons of Japheth, that ethnos that, that took over the care of the vineyard. This is why. This is why there's the hatred of the white man. I'm telling you. I'm flat out telling you. This is why there's a hatred of the white man led by the synagogue of Satan. The man of lawlessness is here. The great apostasy has happened. And I'm not telling you to, to, to you know, hole up in a, in a hole and wait for the rapture. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. Baby, you better be faithful unto death. You be faithful unto death. And you open up your voice and you preach and you say the things that Satan hates. The next generation depends upon you, preacher. Next generation depends upon you, pastor. Next generation depends on you, father, mother, teenager. European, you got to fight, buddy. You got to fight. You don't owe your current generation safety. You owe the next generation salvation. Paul is very clear on who keeps people from hearing the gospel. First Thessalonians 2, verses 14 through 16. They're the ones that keep people from hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. You got to fight. Who do you think they had it tougher? Now or 2,000 years ago? They just crucified, they literally crucified Jesus Christ and they stoned Stephen to death. They tried to kill Paul. 
we owe more to our ancestors and our descendants than a nice life. And we do that by the word of our testimony. We open up our mouth and we speak and we say the things that the Antichrist doesn't want to hear. Because the word of God is like fire. It's like a hammer that shatters a rock. You can have all the baptisms you want. He doesn't want us to speak anything other than what He permits us to speak in our little sandbox. He certainly doesn't want us to identify the seed of the serpent or the children of the devil. He doesn't even want us to talk about, oh, we're all one. We're all one. We're all the children of God, which is a lie. We're not all the children of God. Genesis 3, 14 and 15. There's the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. Jesus Christ, John 6, 7, and 8, he looks at these people and he says, listen, I know you're Abraham's children. I get it biologically, okay. And guess who came out of Abraham? It wasn't just the sons of Jacob. It was Esau too. Esau too. Esau becomes Edom. The Bible says, Jacob, I love Esau, I hate it. Don't tell me there's unity there. I remind you of the great flood where... 99.99% of all human beings were extinguished in the Great Flood, and God started over through Noah's children, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Don't tell me we can all get along. Second Thessalonians 2, verse 8. Thus the lawless one will be revealed. Whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearance of his coming. That is the one whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan, with all the power of false wonders, and with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish. For they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. Okay, the lawless son will be revealed when the Lord will slay them with his breath. In other words, before the Lord Jesus Christ is here, you're not going to recognize who it is? Is that the case? Is that what that's saying? Thus the lawless son will be revealed, whom the Lord will slay with his breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearance of his coming. That is, the one whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan, with all the power and false wonders, with all the deception of wickedness, for those who perish, for they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. People don't want, people want to do what people want to do. Okay, and people get deceived because they want to do what they want to do. So I want to go do this. So they go do it. And then they're convinced that they're right. And God will let people do that. God will let civilizations do that. Oh, you don't, you don't want to serve me? Okay, fine. Go your own way. The one thing about Jesus Christ, you read, read him through, read him in the scriptures, and he does not bend over backwards to make himself acceptable to you and I. He does not do that. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. That's utterly unreasonable. And he drove a bunch of people away. He looked at his disciples. He said, hey, you can leave too, man. Knock yourselves out. And Peter said, look, <laughs> we already burned our bridges. We've got nowhere to go. Honest statement, true statement. Judas Iscariot was paying attention. Later on, he's try, he tries to build that bridge back. He returns back to the Jews. turns back to his race. He turns back to his people. The rest of the, 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 the disciples were Galileans, by the way. False wonders, all the deceptions of wickedness. I mean, people really believe that homosexuality is okay. Can you imagine that? 
How, how is that even remotely okay? You, the, the, the byproduct of homosexuality is death in one generation. It's death in the current generation. There is no reproduction through homosexuality. Tranism, the same thing. It's death, baby. It's death. It's biological, physical, spiritual death. I, I've got a whole... I haven't started on this. I've toyed with this. But the whole idea of, of the cosmology that Jesus Christ describes in the first chapter of the book of Genesis, where the earth already exists before the sun, the moon, and the stars. There's day and night and light and darkness on the earth before God created the sun and the moon and the stars. There's, there's stuff there, and we're, and, 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 but we're convinced, the world is convinced that that is not the case. False wonders, all the deceptions of wickedness. Oh, we're, we're, going, we're going to fly to Pluto. We're going to put a man on Mars. I saw it with my own eyes. They landed on the moon. I saw it with my own eyes. No, you didn't see it with your own eyes. Nobody saw it with their own eyes. But this lawless one, this antichrist persona, deceives the whole world because we want independence from God. Evil man wants independence from God. We don't want to be around. We God, you go. God, you do God, and I'm going to do Fritz Bergren. How's that for uh, 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 getting along? I'll do Fritz Bergren. You go do God, and you know everything's cool. And this liar, this lawless one, this antichrist comes along and he creates a world vision where God is simply a figment of your imagination. In Europe, it starts with the Enlightenment. God is just a figment of your imagination to help you explain the unexplainable and for powerful people to keep you in check. And look, science proves that we're byproducts of time and chance. These are all false prophets. They're the prophets of Baal, the modern prophets of Baal. Space is infinite. There is no up and down. There's no in and out. There's no right and wrong. There's no nothing. It's just there's complete and utter chaos throughout all of, of, of infinite space of which God is not a part. False wonders, all the deception of wickedness for those who perish. For they didn't receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. They don't want the truth. They want to go do their things. You think the people going to Epstein Island want to be accountable to Jesus Christ on the judgment day? Oh, God's just a myth. It's just a myth for those crazy, silly little Christians out there. You know why? Because they want to do their own thing. They want to go and, and, and do their own thing and have no accountability whatsoever. These are the deceptions. Because these men will perish because there's no love of the truth in them. For this reason, God will send upon them a, a deluding influence so that they will believe what is false in order that they all may be judged who do not believe in truth but took pleasure in wickedness. God says, fine, I'll send you deluding influence. Massive deluding influence. 
and all the all the biological invasions of of, of Christendom didn't succeed exceeded exceeded to some extent. Satan's still now he's got another another wave another human waves going into all the the European and Christian lands to genocide the the, the European and Christian race. And out of the heart of Christendom emerges this deception, the man of lawlessness. And I've, I've said this before, we're looking for this dude. Now maybe the dude's coming. Maybe some dude's coming, but I'm telling you, that spirit is already here. And that influence is already here. Whether you call it the man of lawlessness or the Antichrist or the 666, corporate man as far as I'm concerned, democracy, we're the measure of all things. We're the creator of all things. We're the, we're, we, we direct our own evolution. God is nothing and nowhere. And, we do, and this, is the, this is the arrogance of the beast. It's the arrogance of the false prophet. It's the arrogance of the horns. It's the arrogance. And, and you, know, I, you know, can't you put names and tell us who all these people are? Look, back up, pull back the lens, look at the bigger picture. Look at the larger historic picture for three centuries. The deluding influences, corporate man, man of lawlessness, the arrogance, the arrogance of men to say there is no God. The blasphemy to say that we somehow were byproducts of time and chance and we're self-emergent. This is the arrogance and blasphemy of the beast in Daniel 7 of the revelation. This is the deception and the mighty wonders of, of this guy here in 2 Thessalonians. The lawless one. So my, my, my opinion on this is, is this. If you want to think this guy's still coming, that's fine. That's fine. If you want to think the handsome devil in a nice suit with a couple of horns is still coming, that's fine. I, I, I can't object to that. I don't know what the future holds. But I know the lawless one's here now. I know the Antichrist is here now. I know the, the great falling away is here now. I know the apostasy has already happened in Christendom. And we act like everything's fine. We act like it's coming. No, it's already happened. It's been here. Could get worse. But we got to start fighting the Antichrist that's in our midst today. We have to recognize the lawless one that's here today. We have to recognize the arrogance and the blasphemy of our current society and say, look, we're done with this stuff. We're not going to play in your sandbox anymore. We, we, we were, we, we're going to burn this sandbox to the ground. We're going to burn your sandbox. We're not going to stay in your, our sandbox, our little safe space. We're not going to be thankful to you for a cosmopolitan and a, and a multicultural and a diverse society. We're going to burn it to the ground. We're a Christian race, and we're going to build Christian nations. And we're not going to apologize for it. We're not going to say we're sorry. We're not going to step aside. We're not going to de decline to offend you. We're going to burn it to the ground. And we're going to build Christian nation states with our people and with our race. And we're not going to apologize to you because your feelings were hurt. We're not going to apologize to you because we're racist or sexist or homophobic, queerphobic, and divisive, least of all anti-Semitic. Go to hell. We're not going to apologize for this. 
We have a king. We have a monarch. His name is Jesus Christ. We don't apologize for this. We don't back down. We don't be quiet. We don't stand aside. We don't agree with you. We're not here to get along with you. We've sworn allegiance to our king. We've sworn allegiance to our master. We've sworn allegiance to his words. We're going to build a race of men that serves Jesus Christ. We're going to build nations that are loyal to Jesus Christ. We're going to build families that are loyal to Jesus Christ. We're going to have territories and laws and geography and borders that are loyal to Jesus Christ, and we will keep out the invader. We will keep out the sputum that the, that the serpent sends out to genocide the European and Christian race. We're not going to apologize for this. not going to apologize. And I urge every other race out there to do the same thing. Let there arise in Africa a race of men that says, by God, we're going to serve Jesus Christ. We're going to burn down the synagogues of Satan. And we're going to name them as the devil's children and drive them out. We're going to wake up. Oh, we're going to wake up. The bigger the challenge, the mightier we're going to grow. We're not going to apologize. We're not going to step down. And we want to offend you. We're fine with offending you, just as our king and our master was fine in offending you. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. You want to walk away? Walk! Including you 12 disciples. Walk! You can't stand with me and my word. Walk! We will not apologize ever. And we're going to build a Christian race and we're going to build Christian nations on this earth with our, with our tongues, our languages, our borders, our boundaries. And we're going to drive out the synagogue of Satan and the devil's children and we're going to name them. We're not going to have this. The alternative is the genocide of the church of Jesus Christ. And we live in this abyss of treason where we're getting along with the synagogue of Satan. We live in an abyss of, uh, an abyss of treason where we think it's our duty to, 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 to grovel before the antichrists. Oh, we want to be part of the society. We want to be inclusive and tolerant and diverse and welcoming. And we have 59 ways to justify that. And Jesus Christ... He gave us the example of Judas Iscariot. You side with the Jews, you're in treason against Jesus Christ. That's why Judas Iscariot existed. He was called and chosen of Jesus Christ. He healed the sick. He cast out demons. He preached the gospel. And he was a traitor because he sided with the Jews. We're so thick in our own mud that we have no idea what's going on. We're so thick in treason against our king, we can't even see it. But the evidence is this. Our societies are going to hell. America has gone to hell. The Europe has gone to hell. All of Christians has gone to hell. And the church sits around and plays church. Because we've substituted the traditions of man for the brutal, peer, piercing, steel word of God. He names the enemy. He names the, the, the synagogue. He said, and, and his claims are limitless. He doesn't want the two pieces of gray matter between your ears. He doesn't want you to uh, sing two songs for him on a Sunday morning and go home after you clapped a little. 
All the nations will serve him. All the nations will worship him. The nation that won't serve Jesus Christ will be destroyed. Our duty is to bring discipline to the nations and the ethnic groups on earth. It's not to rebuild Babel and say, oh, we're so happy that we live in Babel. The Babylonian king, the Babylonian antichrist that rules over Babel, he's so nice, he's so kind, he lets us have church every Sunday morning. No! We're going to burn his house down. We're going to drive him out. We're going to drive out his synagogue. We're going to drive out his servants. We're going to drive out his children. We're going to drive him out. We're going to burn your battle down. We're going to build distinct Christian nations on this planet. That is our minimum duty with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's our minimum duty. It's not some great vision. It's our minimum duty. That's what the, that's what the apostles did 2,000 years ago. They go into Europe. They convert Europe to Jesus Christ. It becomes Christendom. And then the church is the great falling away. Oh, we just want to live in a multicultural environment because they let us exist. No, man. No, that ain't it. The end of this is the genocide of, of, of the, the church of Jesus Christ on this earth. I'm just starting, baby. I'm just starting. We're going to steamroll. We're going to roll, baby. We're going to roll over this Antichrist world, this man of lawlessness. We're going to push back this apostasy. We're going to drive out the synagogue of Satan. We're going to drive out the seed of the serpents. My king came to destroy the works of the devil. Do we dare do anything less? Fritz Bergen, bloodandfaith.com.